Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Honestly, during the game, I didn't see it. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Frondals Where to Wear, the Mesa to Island Discs episode. And I'm very, very happy to have two very good, uh, excellent, I should say, guests with me this evening. It's been a long time coming, so I'm very, very uh, grateful for you both to, to be here. Uh, first up, it's uh, Andrew Mangan, better known as Ask Blog. How are you, Andrew? I'm good, Andrew. I'm just noticing we're we're three A's here tonight with uh, a couple of Andrews and Actually, yeah. an A's in there. Yeah, triple A, <laughs> triple A, like it. triple X. Uh, <laughs> I think you're good enough to not just to be called the podcast. Uh, the, I was going to say the um, the Podfather, Andrew. Oh yeah, you're good enough to be the Podfather one, two, and three. Really. Okay. Well, uh, three wasn't great. You know, one and two were great. Three. <laughs> You know, but I'll take <laughs> but, it anyway, don't worry. <laughs> well, I've been, um, as I've mentioned a few times on on Twitter, I've been listening to your back catalogue because I've still been working through every day. Mm. And the nature of the work that I do um, is pretty much, you know, me on my own all day. So I've had, you know, 10 or 12 hours a day to kill. And I've just been listening to back-to-back podcasts. And it's just been keeping me sane, literally. And I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to the whole back catalogue from episode one. And uh, oh, wow. That's yeah, some lot. of the characters that you had, I don't know why you stopped doing those. They're brilliant. Uh, I grew up with it, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could bring back one character, who would you bring back out of all the previous characters that you've had, your favourites that you've done in the past? Um, I always liked Arshavin because there was something quite strange and surreal about doing a weird Andre Arshavin impression. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe him. The possibilities are endless with that. Sylvester. <laughs> Sylvester. Oh, baby. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, you. Who can forget? Um, oh, Arsene Wenger. Um, you forgot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. In fact, he, um, I tried to get him on tonight just to, um, you know, just to say hi, but uh, he couldn't make it. But he left me uh, a, a voice message. I think if I can bring it up. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I've oh, been working wow. as a rent boy for the last few years after being cast aside like a chewed up bit of bristle by the fucking arse blogger. My arsehole is the size of a channel tunnel after all the bum sex I've had to suffer. I've not been wasting my time, though. I've been plotting my revenge on the arse blogger. 
I've got a special set of skills. I'm going to find him, and I'm going to kill him. I'll slice his penis off, and chop it into slices, and make it look like pickled beetroot, then make him suffer like my bottom has suffered for the last few years. Oh yes, I'm going to get medieval on his ass. Oh, that's a bit harsh, actually. I didn't properly pre-listen to that, so I'm sorry about that. I thought it was going to be that's nice okay. and pleasant. But he's not a very pleasant person, is he, really? So. No, no, no. Well, let's move, move let's move on quickly. Yes. Yeah. Adrian Clark, I'm really uh, excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's good It's good to be on. And it, it was uh, it was interesting because you, you weren't aware. Obviously, I could see from your Twitter handle that you're from Hinkley. Um, wow. But but yeah, a couple of years ago, I moved to moved to Burbage, which is basically next door to Hinkley. So oh. so we're practically neighbours. And look, it's if mad. if if we weren't on lockdown, I'd probably um, be able to do this in person. So uh, not to be, maybe, but I'm not, not too far away. Maybe in another time, if uh, if we ever recover from this as a society, <laughs> yeah, if we're ever allowed out ever again, maybe we absolutely. Can do it next time. Yeah, That'd yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but look, the, the wonders of technology—we're we're all zooming and going on these uh, these internet rooms, aren't we? At the moment, it's fantastic. It's uh, yeah, I think we're, we're having to make the best of it, aren't we? Well, until um, all this kicked off, I'd never heard of Zoom, and I, I have to actually—I'm I'm with you, Andrew. I've never been on Zoom ever um, in my life. I think we're the yeah. only two. I think maybe, maybe so. I think everyone else is doing it because they have to, because of work and what have you. But yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, it just seems to be taking over the world. And uh, yeah, I must be very much behind on that. Um, anyway, tonight we are going to be doing, as I say, a, a, my own take really on Desert Island Discs. And it was purely brought about by um, Ian Wright's appearance recently on Desert Island Discs. And I think, uh, if you, did you both listen to that? The Ian Wright's uh, appearance on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no, you... I, I missed it, but I, I heard it. I heard it was fantastic. I heard it was very emotional. I wasn't surprised because yeah. right, he, he can he can tug at the heartstrings. Can right, honestly, I think like if you minutes get in. emotional, you yeah. must be dead inside if you listen to that. <laughs> yeah, it took him about two minutes to to start welling up for the first time, but it was great. It's really fantastic because uh, yeah. you know hearts on the sleeve, Adrian, as you know. So mm. yeah, really good listen. So when you have a chance, it's worth checking out. Definitely, uh, yeah, I couldn't. Have agree more one that i um haven't listened to as yet is the um tony adams one and apparently that is right up there with the ian wright's uh, appearance on that have you listened to that um no i haven't done that one yet so no uh, I can imagine this. I can imagine it's a bit quirkier than, than ian yeah. wright's uh he's a, he's a character is tony but yeah gotta love him absolutely well I mean, obviously, you're an ex-Arsenal player. I mean, you've lived the, the dream. You know, you've done what I think all of us listening to this podcast, hopefully in the now and in the future, uh, have done. You, you actually mm. played for Arsenal, which is fantastic. And mm. I think until recently, I think most people have grown up under, you know, having one manager, but uh, Arsenal. But you were there under three, I think, weren't you, Adrian? Mm. Yeah, yeah. George Graham was was the original, of course, and then um, so so he was there throughout. Actually, the time that I was in the youth setup, I got, I got spotted at the age of ten. Uh, he was there then. I think he was very early in his his tenure, and yeah, uh, by the time he left, I was in in and around the first team squad. So 
So fantastic journey under George. Great years for the first team. Oh, Blimey, I mean, incredible. won a lot of trophies. And it wasn't wasn't always the prettiest football, but but Arsenal had had a lot of spirit and uh, and uh, yeah, there was a, it was full of characters, wasn't it? The teams built built by George, and then briefly Bruce Rioch, who's brilliant for me, not remembered particularly fondly, I guess. But but that season wasn't disastrous under him. It was actually a big improvement on the previous year under George, and and he brought Burkamp in, so he deserves a bit of kudos for that. And then and then mm. of course Arsene Wenger, but I never. Sadly, got to play a first-team game under under Arsene, which 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 still upsets me a little bit to this day. But oh, there you go. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I've read a couple of articles about your time under Arsene Wenger and uh, when he brought in the new regime with stretching and everything. And everyone was stretching muscles they didn't know they had. And everything. <laughs> I've read that particular article. I think it was in four four two, which was quite interesting as well. Mm. But you, I mean, you must have been in and around some incredible players, um, you know, in your time up with Arsenal. As well, I mean, you know, who stands out, stood out for you during your time there? Oh, so many, but Dennis Bergkamp's definitely the best. There's, there's no hesitation there. Just, just class, just absolute class. You know, on and off the pitch, really nice guy, dry sense of humour, but 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 inclusive of all the younger guys. He he was just normal, and but on the pitch, he wasn't normal. He, he just had that velvet oh, touch that we know about, and incredible. yeah, just when I when I did have the pleasure of sort of playing with him, the one thing I noticed was just the the ball was always the right weight towards you. If it needed to be pinged into you, it was pinged in. If it was, mm. you know, if it was in front of you, you didn't have to break stride. He was just he just made you look a better player but of the others righty tony adams merson was was, was super talented yeah. i loved playing behind both fullbacks winterburn and dixon they again they made my life easy so so yeah very very lucky um to live the dream as you, as you rightly pointed out yeah incredible incredible um i mean after your i'm going to um obviously quickly move on but whilst i obviously got you on the show mm. asked you a couple of questions i mean you sort of, um, we need to spend another podcast really going back through your career because I, I find <laughs> it fascinating as well. I'm really well, interested in the lower leagues as, as well as uh, yeah. Arsenal as well. I love football in general. Yeah. Um, and I love listening to your, uh, your, your podcast you do um, on the lower leagues and everything. But with regards to sort of moving into the, the media side and, yeah. um, you know, what everyone sees nowadays with your tactical breakdowns yeah. and that you do for Arsenal, which are, which are brilliant. Um, how in God's name did you do tactical breakdowns under uh, Unai Emery? Uh, because I've got to give you some props for that because um, I think everyone could struggle to see any kind of tactics whatsoever. Um, well, <laughs> you don't have to answer that. I, don't well, I did, I did my best. No, it's all right. I did, I did my best. Look, it, it just got very, very muddled, didn't it? It was, it, there's a good tactician in there, and in that first season. He made some pretty shrewd moves, often at half time, after he'd picked the wrong starting eleven. But you know, there's there's a football mind in there. He just got himself into more and more of a pickle. But but yeah, unfortunately, having done the breakdown for so long under Arsene Wenger, I was excited to do it under a new manager with a different style, different patterns. Obviously, emerge, but but. <laughs> It was just more jumbled than before. There was no clear identity to the team from from one half to the next, really, and and that that made it that made it tricky. Uh, and but but the bottom line is, when you're having to watch these games back, and most of the time I watch the games twice, 
you want them to be good performances and you want to be entertained. And unfortunately, <laughs> under Unai Emery, oh the football the football was not was not of, of of the highest quality, was it? And I think we all, we all saw that. I mean, you must have. I mean, seriously though, you actually must have really struggled to come up with. Hmm. Well, not, not really. You just, you just. It's, well, yeah, you, it is. You don't want to sound too negative or anything, do you? But it must have been tough. Well, it's. I always just. I've always said from the word go with the breakdown. I have to be honest. And if I'm going to mm. do this for you, i.e., for you, the club, you have to let me, let me make it myself. You know, they have to be my words, my analysis, and 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 they've been very, very good with that, and and, and allowed me a free reign, which is, which is fantastic. But obviously, you know, that there's a there's a line there that you can't cross, mm. um, and you just have to. You can't get too personal. I'm absolutely fine to criticise, but as long as I do it in a in a constructive manner, and I think I've always always tried to do that. And well, and, yeah. And, and yeah, what I found was was yeah, I was, there was a lot more criticism under Unai But look, mm-hmm. the, the back end of the Arsene Wenger era, era was was not exactly you know full of fun and games, was it, guys? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, <laughs> but interspersed with the, the, the terrible performances under Arsene Wenger towards the end. There were still some scintillating ones as well. Yeah. Every now and then, you know, we mm. still go out and and score a few goals. But yeah, but it, uh, but at the same time, Emery, it wasn't all bad. There were some good performances. I mean, Andrew, you you've seen it. I mean, there were there were people describing, <laughs> you know, Emery ball was was a thing, wasn't it, for about a week or two? Yeah, about um, a week. It, <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't. No, what it was, I think Adrian, uh, you know, when he took over, people were ready for a change, and I think people were actually enthused and and wanted him to do well. They wanted the team to do well, and they wanted some of the issues that, you know, let's say some of the defensive issues that we had under Arsene Wenger. They wanted, uh, you know, those to be addressed. And when we talk about tactics, there was a sort of, you know, you can't be a football manager at the top level like Arsene was for thirty odd years and not do tactics so to speak but some managers are more focused on the opposition uh arson was always more focused on his own team and making sure that they played as well as they could and with unai emery at first it seemed to be well here's a guy who's going to look at what the opposition does and and try and you know work them out from a tactical point of view but it came as we uh, learned at the expense of what his own team was doing you know so we we maybe just went too far the other way. The balance just shifted too far the other way. But you know, it didn't work out. But I do think that, you know, we 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 were we were hopeful that it would be better than it was. And, you know, look, it turned out the way it did and we're we're in a different place now. So let's um let's enjoy that. Yeah. Absolutely. Just getting good, wasn't it? As well. It's just, it's just so mm. Arsenal. So Arsenal. We just you know Well, I mean even us to shut the league down at the end. Yeah, <laughs> this one isn't our own fault. I think no, it's fair to say. no, and it's not an injury either, which is yeah, what a step forward, I suppose. But um, yeah, I could go on about it for for, for ages. Yeah, so much you're not a fan, I sense, ages, Andrew. But, yeah, um, you're not a fan of Mr. Emery, I sense. Yeah, not from day one, unfortunately. Um, no, but seriously, I, I do genuinely. Uh, it's gone now. I Don't worry to... about it. It's over. It's over. Yeah, it's, it's over. over. Uh, we just got the, the We've got the White Witch to thank, anyway. She finally got rid of him. Oh, <laughs> that, that's madness, isn't it? I mean, that's a, that's a whole new, new that's a whole new wormhole. I'm not going to go down because we've got stuff to get through. But uh, some of the stuff he's come out with after he's left, jeez. I mean, anyway, makes you think. We got away with one there. We dodged a bullet, 
Um, let's move on. Let's go on to this um, Mesut Island disc. Anyway, I, I, quickly, we've got uh, one Arsenal goal that you want you'd be happy to sort of watch on rotation. Um, one Arsenal game. Um, one Arsenal game to wipe from history. And then we move on to the songs. One song to summarise the Wenger era, the Emery era, and then the future under Arteta as it stands now. What are your thoughts as it stands now? And then a film to summarise overall what Arsenal means to you. So let's uh, crack on with the goals. I mean, I've done this before, but I can give you my previous answers anyway. But um, one Arsenal goal. Uh, let's start with you, Adrian. What would you be happy to sort of watch over and over again well it's a goal that i was very fortunate to commentate on um from the gantry at emirates stadium and it was a goal that typified arsene wenger style of football it was a goal that was artistic with a capital a it was just glorious and it's jack wilshire's goal against norwich in mm -hmm. 2013 i i you know, I, I struggled to think of another team, really, that that would have been able to score that goal. It was just so instinctive. It was so Arsenal. It was so, it was so Arsene Wenger, wasn't it? Uh, and what, what I loved about it was was that Jack Wilshere started to move um, yeah. deep inside his own half. I think it ended up going to Cazorla, gets it back, then it goes back to Cazorla, into Giroud. Or no, into Wilshere, back to Giroud. Little flick. I mean, you've all seen it. Mm. It was a thing of beauty and... Yeah, it's it's a symbolic goal. I think in in the, I think when we look back at Arsenal under Arsene Wenger, it's a goal that will always spring into people's minds. And and yeah, I can watch it on repeat, you know, yeah. for, for 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 minutes on end. It's fantastic. It's hard to argue with that, really, isn't it? I mean, it's probably one of the best goals ever scored mm. in the Premier League, really. I think, you know, what's interesting about that goal is that you know, as Adrian said, it's just aesthetically beautiful. Um, and maybe at the back of it is this sort of sense of underachievement at the same time that that you can do this, but somehow the team didn't really um, kick on to do what we wanted it to do. And even Jack himself didn't quite yeah. fulfill the potential that he had. So, I mean, it is just a, an outstanding uh, piece of football when you look at it. it. It's breathtaking. I mean, there's. I remember doing it on the podcast. Somehow I downloaded the game and, you know, in the Emirates, when they play back the goal, on the stadium uh, monitors on the screens in the stadium yeah. i had i had no commentary on the footage that i had and you were watching it and then you could hear the moment <laughs> where they replayed the goal in the stadium and there's just this like oh and people just <laughs> could not believe what they were seeing so yeah it's a, it's a beautiful goal yeah, it, it was it was impossible to defend against as well <laughs> there's nothing that norwich could have done about about yeah. that goal uh, it was just yeah it, breathtaking is the word you used i'd sure. i'd definitely uh, echo that i think he was uh, an underrated player um Giroux, i'm talking about here sorry mm. uh, with regards to those little touches in and around the box as well. Mm -hmm. I think he did mm -hmm. that more often than you think, mm -hmm. didn't he, really? He, was, uh, he had a very good touch. So, yeah, I mean, I can't Perfect, argue with that. It's a fantastic goal. Mm. What about you, Andrew? I went for one that's not necessarily as aesthetically pleasing, but one which uh, means a lot to me personally, and that's the Alan Sunderland goal in the 1979 mm -hmm. FA Cup final. Um, against Manchester United when it looked like Arsenal were cruising to victory. You were 2-0 up in, with five or six minutes to go and Manchester United scored two goals. Uh, and I was 
what was I eight at the time? And it was the first game I can really remember watching on TV. And back then the FA cup final was about the only live football you ever got anyway. But I remember, I, I think it sort of taught me a lot about football, that game, because this idea that we were going to win the cup was fantastic and it was easy and we were two nil up and there was hardly any time left. And then it was, Oh God, it's two, two. They've somehow scored twice and you're heartbroken and you're wondering, Oh, what's going to happen here. The momentum surely is with Manchester United. If it goes to extra time, you know, they're going to be buoyed by the, the two goals they score. And then all of a sudden we score again. And it's sort of this idea football can take you from here to here and then down and then back again. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, a celebration I remember very well. Liam Brady picking up the ball, putting it out to to Graham Ricks on the left hand side. I remember Brady's socks down by his ankles. It was a hot hot day in May in Wembley, you know, FA Cup final day, and he was knackered. And I don't think if we'd scored then we would have gone on to win the cup. But the Ricks cross came in. Gary Bailey was nowhere. Alan Sunderland was in at the back post, and and Arsenal win the FA Cup. So, you know, if if I had to. Not necessarily because it's the best Arsenal goal I, I've ever seen, but I just think uh, for what it, it it did to me as a, a kid, uh, as an Arsenal fan, it, it means a lot. So I could watch that over and over again. A goal I, I, I often try to recreate on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> quite a challenge. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not easy. No, no, I no. could have uh, quite easily chosen that one because that's the first game I ever watched. Um, yeah. I was seven years old and that yeah. was the game where I started to be an Arsenal fan. There you so, go. Yeah. Formative. I, know, we're, we're, um, I think we're all, you know, we're very sort of similar age. I'm sure it was around that sort of time we all may maybe sort of started watching football and um, mm. that was the actual first game. I wasn't there in person, but it was the mm. first game I actually mm. sat and watched all the way through yeah. from start to finish and um, yeah, I became an Arsenal fan. Was Brilliant. Yeah, I was, I was five. So yeah, I can't remember it, sadly, mm. but um, I did by the video the vhs of, of the game right, so right. um and i watched it as a as a teenager and yeah it was pretty, pretty inspirational stuff i mean what what a, what a climax it was sure. definitely one of the great cup finals fantastic yeah i think it was certainly one of the great finales i'm not sure the mm. game itself was quite that brilliant but it was just mm. because so much happened in that that last five minutes yeah tells you a lot That's about they call they called it the five minute final, five minute final. <laughs> yeah absolutely well my goal was um uh, a David Rowcastle goal in uh, the 88-89 uh, season, and it was uh, against Middlesbrough, where he collected the ball. Because uh, I was on the North Bank for the game, and um, it was you know a great season, as we all know, ended in a very similar climax to that cup final that we were talking about just then. And um, yeah, he collected the ball on the right wing, and um, he dribbled. It must have been, I think it's around five or six players and stuck it into the top right-hand corner in off the post. And it was he was always my favourite player. I absolutely loved David Rowcastle to bits. And um, he was our John Barnes. Because at the time, I, I mean, I, I had a massive respect for John Barnes, but I hated him at the same time because he was the most <laughs> feared player for me. Um I hated Arsenal oh. coming up against Liverpool because John Barnes was just seemingly impossible to stop at that point. And, um, we'll always be thankful for him uh, for trying to score and yeah. fall alive in, in 89. When oh, he yes, in the corner. Definitely, yeah. But that goal was so exhilarating <laughs> yeah. for me. It meant so much to me because I, 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 
it was just some points I could score against all the scummy Liverpool fans in my school. And um, <laughs> go in and say, oh, did you see that Roadcastle goal yesterday? It was so special. It just got me out of my, my just, exhilaration. Um, mm. Yeah, it meant so much to me at that particular point. Mm. So um, let's move on to the game. I'll start with you this time, Andrew. And um, what game you could quite happily watch over and over again and never get um, bored. Look, there have been many successes in in Arsenal's history. And you could watch a title clinching game or you could watch a cup final that we won. But I just think for pure entertainment value and f- to rewatch the best Arsenal team probably at its absolute peak, even if the game itself doesn't necessarily suggest that, I think the 5-3 against Middlesbrough, Mm-hmm. Uh, when we went 3-1 down and then just came back to win 5-3, um, I think Bergkamp scored, Reyes scored, Perez, you know, just for pure entertainment value, the football that we played, the character in that side, that even when we were 3-1 down, it wasn't enough to beat us back then because we were just so good, so uh, fluid from an attacking point of view. The, the, the talent within the squad, in the team, on the bench was was unbelievable. Um, uh, and it's just one of those games where you can't quite believe what you're seeing. So uh, even though I know how it turns out, if you want to just be pure pure entertainment, that is, that's, yeah. I think that's hard to beat. Yeah, good pick. Adrian? <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that was a, a barnstormer, that's for sure. <laughs> for me, it would be, if you're looking for almost the perfect performance... It's the cup final win against Chelsea in 2017. I, I thought it was it was it was perfect. It really was because Chelsea were the champions. They were going for the double. We weren't expected to win. We'd beaten obviously City in the in the in the semi final. Mertesacker and Holding were at the back, and and Mertesacker produced the the performance of his career, didn't he? It was absolutely unbelievable, mesmer- mesmeric, really. What what he produced, but I think the whole team stepped up to the plate and they did it for the badge. They did it for the manager. Um, and of course it, it took us to the record 13th FA, FA cup win. And, and I think the, the winning goal as well, uh, just after Chelsea have sort of sunk our hearts, we've, we've dominated the game. We've bossed it. We deserve to win. Then they score. Mm. And you think, Oh, here we go again. And we didn't have to suffer for too long. And that, that wonderful, that wonderful assist for uh, from Giroud for, for Ramsey comes steaming in. I just loved it. It, it was a, it was a perfect perfect winning goal and and mm. and uh, and for me one of the greatest performances of the Arsenal Wenger era. They they weren't the best team, not by not by any stretch of the imagination. They you know didn't compare to ninety eight oh two oh four any of those teams, but. But they worked as a unit that day, and they outplayed a very, very good Chelsea team. So, so that's the one for me. All right, so unexpected, wasn't it? It's, it's a fantastic result, absolutely. It's this, I'm chuckling to myself because on the initial Mesa Island discs that I did, I was uh, castigated for mentioning Middlesbrough loads of times because my <laughs> my favourite goal was against Middlesbrough. Mm. And the game that I mentioned was against Middlesbrough as well, but not the 5-3, which was an amazing uh, game. My one was um, a 7-0 performance against Middlesbrough, which 
I really didn't expect at the particular time because I think we had, I think it was Pascal Segan at left back. We had Johan Juru and Philippe Senderos in the central defence. And at the time, Middlesbrough had a really good team. I think it had, you know, Mendieta and, and, and all sorts. Uh, we're going into the game absolutely ravaged with injury. And we just, similar way to what you said, Andrew, about the, the performance, it was just exhilarating from the first moment till the last. And the, the it, it's back in the day when we could count an opponent's corner against us as a goal-scoring opportunity. You know, where, <laughs> Those are the days. They, they, yeah. they, they, they whip the ball in, and then seven seconds later, it was in their goal. And it was one of those games. It was just everything clicked, and the performance was just incredible. I think Thierry Henry hat-trick at, at the time. I can't remember the rest of his goal scores. I can just remember being blown away by mm. the performance. And it just made me laugh, because I, I had two Middlesbrough uh, things and obviously you chose an invisible one as well. So I've got, I've got a theme carrying on through. a tradition here, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a number of performances against Middlesbrough around those sorts of times. I can remember another. I think it might have been a seven-one or something at that particular point as well. And uh, I know we gave Everton a few hardings at that point as well. But the wasn't there a five or six nil? Was it uh, was against Middlesbrough when Canu scored that that sort of back flick goal? Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Away from home. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It was. It mm. was. Yeah. Um, there we have you know, some good performances against me, but they had a really good team back then. I mean, they spent a lot of money, didn't they? And, uh, mm. and some very good players. And what was the name's got out of my head? Um, the Australian forward, Vaduka. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was a, a sort of a fat lump, wasn't he? But he was a very, very good prop. <laughs> Another player I did like playing against. He was a really good finisher, wasn't he? He could score some goals. Yeah, he did. Uh, final game at Highbury or not the final game at Highbury but end of the season at Highbury didn't he score against us for Leeds yes we did yeah yeah let's move on from this painful memories now <laughs> <laughs> well we move on from the game um that we loved to one game that we could just get rid of as if it didn't happen we could just uh have it on a VHS and burn it on the desert islands beach uh, so we never have to see it ever again. Which one would you um, go for? I'll go back to you, Andrew, on that one. Uh, the one I went for was the Champions League game against Chelsea in the Invincible season. Oh um, because even thinking about it now gives me a little bit of heartache. Um, so, I mean, if by burning it, I just, I assume that we advance in the competition. Yeah, uh, exactly. Get, just don't get done by that Wayne Bridge goal. So, you know, I did think about the Champions League final in, in 2006, but I, I do remember at the end of the game, uh, despite the fact we lost, being, you know, really proud in the stadium with all the Arsenal fans and, you know, standing, singing, just absolutely um, supporting the players and supporting the club, uh, despite the fact we'd suffered a, a heartbreaking defeat. Uh, there was something to be proud of that night. You know, that's something that really lives. It's a bittersweet memory for me, uh, that one. Uh, but that Chelsea game, because that, you know, not winning the Champions League, that team, the quality it had, mm. it really should have. Particularly that season when you look at who else was in it, and I do wonder, there's part of me that wonders, you know, if we had, would Mourinho have risen to the kind of prominence that he did? Maybe he'd just be scratching around now <laughs> at Victoria or something like that in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> what is 
loads more heartache. So there's lots of layers to this for me. So that oh, yeah. I'm burning. Don't don't put that that thought in our mind. That that just makes it. I, I'll change my mind. I'll I'll definitely wipe that game from history there. <laughs> but it was it was our year, wasn't it? That year that we were the best team in Europe. Henri was the best player in the world, and <laughs> and yeah, it, that, that that defeat shouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's a great pick. Yeah. It's um uh, the Stadio podcast. I don't know whether either of you listen to the Stadio podcast, Musa mm. uh, or they do. They've done a couple of uh, what if podcasts, uh, which are excellent, and basically peeling like the skin off um, of some some onions like that, like going down a wormhole about what would have happened. And it's very interesting when you actually just think about if if one result could change in, 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 in what could actually come out of that. And uh, I do believe you're you're right. I mean, you know what Chelsea's like um, as a club with sacking managers, even if they've won the league the season before. And if he hadn't won that match, would he have got the sack by uh, by Chelsea? Well, he wasn't. It was at Porto, you see. That's the thing. Porto won the uh, Champions League that season, so that's what. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's what thrust him to prominence. It was uh, Claudio Ranieri was manager of Chelsea at the time. So yeah, it's very interesting to see what. Um, by changing one result in mm. certain situations, mm. what could have actually happened? Yeah, yeah. So what was your game? Uh, well, on, on that subject, I, I mean, first of all, I'd, I'd, li I'd like to wipe that game. I'd like to wipe another Chelsea game, the Europa League final from last year. That was horrendous. Um, with so much at stake, that's, that second half needs to be eradicated from history. Um, <laughs> um, but, but my pick is another Chelsea game, and, and it's a game that I never actually saw. I don't, I don't think at the time. I can't remember watching it anyway. But it was in 91, it was at Stamford Bridge and, and Chelsea inflicted a 2-1 defeat on, on the 91 team um, at Stamford Bridge. Um, Graham Stewart and, and Kerry Dixon got the goals and it was a, it was a poor Adams Chelsea team. Adams was in prison, wasn't he? Adams was in prison. Boldy had to come off at half-time. He was a bit of a patched up side. It was a very average Chelsea team. We weren't at our best and, and and they snuck a win and it was the only defeat of that season. And and I do think that that 91 team, I was lucky enough, um, that was the year before I joined full time as, a, as an apprentice. So I'd have been in my last year of school. So I went to all the home games, got tickets for the games. Fantastic team to watch, just, mm. just glorious going forward, but 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 so stubborn at the back. I think only eighteen goals conceded over a season, which is just it's, it's just ridiculous. Really, they deserve to be invincible, and 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 but for that game, they they would have been, and and Arsenal would have a two 0 advantage on the rest of this country when it comes to invis invincibility. <laughs> so. we, wouldn't been, we wouldn't have been that worried about Liverpool this season. Like you still exactly. got we got one in the bank. If we had the we two, we had the two. That year as well, weren't we? We, we, oh, we scored for fun. It was honestly going forward as well. That yeah. team, that team has has been a little little bit forgotten, really. That they, they they were they were stupendous from from back to front, and um, yeah, if we had that cushion of of two invincibilities in the bag, like you say, we could just oh. chill out if anyone else gets it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that was a, that's a great shout, actually. Um, Thanks for the terrible memory. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't argue that either. That's a really good one. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go for the Champions League final either because it also gave me one of the best moments of my Arsenal fandom. When we scored and went ahead, I, can't, I, I would never want to take that feeling away because it was just brilliant. I mean... I, 
it was just a phenomenal uh, night. It's just, I mean, it obviously ended incredibly poorly, but he's still at the end of the game. It was totally dejected, but over, after getting over the, it a little bit, he still was so proud of the team, you know, for the way that they performed. And um, we were the best team on the night. We should have gone 2 0 up quite easily, shouldn't we? And uh, there was there was some good points to take out of that game, and uh, I wouldn't want to get rid of it completely, but. That's why I didn't choose that one, but I I chose the the eight two against Man United. It's a good one. That's a good one because I think, and I've heard Tim Stillman um, give a very very good account of why he thinks that that could have been almost the big not the beginning of the end of, of Arsene Wenger, but I don't think he fully recovered from that game. I think it hit him really hard, and. I think it, it was just the beginning of a downfall, really. And, a, yeah, it, it was just so, such a bad result in so, so many ways. Uh, not just the scoreline, but um, I, I think that a lot of the team and the manager sort of wondered, really, where we were going after that. And it caused a lot of heartache moving forward. So, yeah, I just would like to eradicate that. From yeah, from, from where from where that rivalry was, where the, mm. the colossal heavyweights collided. Yeah. I mean, I, I still miss those those duels. I really oh, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it was it was football. It was Premier League football at its mm. peak, in my opinion. Um, you know, those United-Arsenal duels. And, and to see the difference at that point was just, mm. it was painful, wasn't it? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah the culmination of a terrible summer as well, wasn't it? You know, with everything else yeah. that was going on with with Sesk and Nasri and, you know, the, the sort of lack of transfer action and, you know, not dealing with those situations maybe as well as we could have. And, yeah, look, you know, to be fair, it was a real low point and we brought in Mikel Arteta and, and maybe without that 8-2, we don't have the manager we have now, you know? Maybe he wouldn't have come in genuinely like you know um and he him and Mertesacker in particular were very important in 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 stabilizing the team and if not getting it back to where it was just sort of steadying the ship and just sort of changing the trajectory and and uh you know those two guys when you look at it now <laughs> well, they run the club. Yeah, yeah well exactly you know Arteta's the manager and, and Mertesacker is the the head of the youth academy and and maybe without that eight two we don't have that so mm-hmm. yeah yeah, shit happens, eh? Shit mm. happens. <laughs> in fact, yeah. I mean, just a quick diversion. In hindsight, wouldn't it have been lovely though if, um, before we had appointed the man who, you know, won't be named with a with a white witch as a partner? Wouldn't it be nice in hindsight if we'd actually did appoint um, Mikel Arteta at that at that time? But maybe kept on Arsene Wenger for a, for one more season just to guide him and, and sort of have him to train him as his successor rather than appointing Unai Emery in the first place. But, uh, I don't know. Just, uh, yeah. Everyone could see how good Mikel Arteta was. And we all know that he was so close to getting the job in the first yeah. place. But he might have needed that that extra 18 months or whatever it was to learn under Guardiola. Just to, it might have been too soon for him then. It, might, it may well have been. I, I don't know. I, I felt like that, that it had gone so far that, that Arsene had, had to depart, really. And I, I, could, I couldn't see him... I couldn't really see him 
tutoring someone. He because he, he he'd owned it, hadn't he? He'd owned the job, yeah. and he was he was very hands on. And I just don't think as as much as we all love Arsene Wenger, you know, and, and what he, what he did, I don't think he was brilliant at being inclusive. And I I, I, I don't no. think he would have had him side by side or anyone no. really for that matter. Yeah, that's true. And he didn't like. Went through a stage of not liking having sort of old club players and legends and uh, in the club, did he? I mean, he had uh, Martin Keown for a little while and just got rid of him. And uh, yeah, so it was odd. Anyway, it was just one of those um, where we were just discussing sort of the sliding doors moments, whether that uh, could have been a missed opportunity at that point, and it would have sort of got rid of the the United Emery uh, era, which uh, would have been great. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, Let's move on from that anyway and um, go move on to the music side of things. And I'll go to you first, Adrian, on this one. One song for you to summarise like the Venga era. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, I'm gonna. I've picked this song because of the the words in the title, not because of of, of the song. I don't really know the lyrics of the song, but it's, it's "Young Hearts Run Free," uh, Candy Staten. Um, I, I've chosen it because those four words I think are, are really words that I would associate with Arsene Wenger. Young, of course, great faith in, in young players right from the word go. He, he entrusted. Um, yeah, trust in, in in young players. So, and that's something that 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 had been a tradition as well previously under under George Graham and Rioch, and he he continued it, which was brilliant. So so yeah, young uh, for Wenger. Hearts. When I think of the great Arsene Wenger teams, they had heart, and, and we we think back and think about the pretty football and how glorious it was. But in those big games, they had big, massive hearts, and you don't, you don't become as successful as they were if you don't have that. I've just done a classic breakdown that will be coming out, I think, on Friday to coincide with the anniversary of Arsenal winning at Manchester United in 2002 to, to win the double. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be recording it later tonight, actually. Right. Um, yeah. And the players just showed incredible heart that night. And, and that, that wasn't unusual. So, 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 so that's that part. Run. Because running and, and power and pace was was always synonymous with Arsene particularly at the start uh, in the late nineties, and then free, because he he allowed the players to to express themselves and to and to run free and to be to be not not hindered by the pressure of what was going on around them. So yeah, young from that that title um, symbolised Arsene for me. Yeah. Good That's on. fantastic. Great answer. Uh, and we didn't worry about the opposition, did we? We just no. knew that we could go out and express ourselves and beat them, whoever well, it was. In you say, yeah, point. That, that is true. But but in the same breath, it, there, there were tactics and there were there were game plans. This particular yeah. game, no, we, yeah, yeah, we trust. He trusted his players to to play their game. But but this particular game that I've just analysed. We did change, actually. We didn't go there and play Cavalier football. We, we went there. We needed a point. Went over game plan. Played a really narrow midfield. And it completely flummoxed Manchester United. There was no way through. And and, and the hold-up of the split strikers, Will Tord and, and Carnu that night, was was outstanding. And and it was it was a different type of arsenal. So, so I think that, that he, he was a tactician, but, but it was... 
the way that he allowed the players to express themselves and to be free is the way that we'll probably remember him. Yeah. Well, I, I, my memory from that game, and I might be pretty, I, I seem to remember, especially the first half, uh, maybe even the first 20 or 30 minutes, I think Man United should have had two or three players sent off. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting <laughs> okay. to see that again. I yeah, you've got, you got a good I mean, memory, the tackle, Andrew. <laughs> the tackles were incredible. <laughs> well, if it makes it so through lucky, the edit, very if it makes it through the edit, then there will be some of these fouls will be highlighted. So uh, yeah, you've got those to to look forward to in the well, face. On the night, and I remember um, at half time, the, the, the pundits in the studio didn't even mention any of those tackles. Well, and that's what I'm talking about, Hart, because the, the players that night, they, they took it on the chin. They didn't let it wind them up. They didn't let it distract from the game plan. And they just sort of, pluck, you know, summoned it up from there to, to prove their worth with, with the ball and with, uh, with their superiority. And they were superior. So, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, so, yeah, you got a good memory of picking out those fouls. There were four, there were four fouls in that game that would have been red cards today, for sure. Yeah, wow. uh, we had a lot of players out that match as well. You know, we had a lot of injuries and um, players like Sylvain Viltord and, you know, fringe players. And Carnu, one of my favourite players uh, of all time, uh, that I just enjoy to watch Carnu. But he was, um, he was a sub, really, wasn't he? He wasn't a starter all the time at all, you know, in our first 11. And, you know, to have him and, and Viltord, who was the same... Uh, just come in and play like that and, and um, play, with, like you say, with that heart and desire and the absolute will to win was incredible. And I wasn't suggesting before that, you know, Ving uh, didn't go out with any kind of tactics at all or anything like that. But no, no, no. we didn't worry too much about, you know, like, I'm not going to go back, keep going back to him, but we've got to got to soon on the next question. But with the Unai Emery period, we... <laughs> We put all our emphasis on what the opposition were going to do, yeah. and none of what the we could do opposite. to them. Um, yeah, it was it the was opposite, opposite was really, with the Bengals, wasn't it? Yeah, it but was, uh, yeah. anyway, um, Andrew, what about your yourself? What song would you choose to summarise the Wenger era? Um, this is very simple. Uh, there's a song by David Bowie on an album uh, called "Ours," and the title of the song is "Brilliant Adventure." And to me, that just sums up everything about the Wenger era. Like, it was yeah. uh, amazing and the best football I think I've seen Arsenal play. And look, it, it had its ups and downs, and some of the downs were quite downy. But then, you know, even within that, we had amazing days like the, yeah. the Cup Final in 2014, 2015, 2017, as Adrian said. So, you know, even when things were at their most contentious, there were, there were things to enjoy um, and I know, I know maybe for some people, the FA cup is not enough. Uh, and I get that, you know, you want to set your sights as high as possible, but I loved those days. I loved winning the FA cup. Yeah. So just overall, a, a, you know, a brilliant adventure for 22 yeah. years. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. <clears throat> well, the choice I had previously was, um, the divinals. I touch myself. <laughs> and I'll leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go into that too much. No, no need. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on from there to um the unite emery era and i'll go to you andrew first on this one um mm, I, fact, I, i'll give you my option i'll give you my go one on, yeah so, go on. my song for this one was heaven knows i'm miserable now by the smiths right okay i'm getting the sense from this that you didn't particularly enjoy 
the Unai Emery era? None. Oh, I mean, the odd game. The odd, the odd game, but it was sure. nothing to do with Unai Emery, I think. And in, on the, a lot of those occasions, I, just, I think we won despite him rather than the fact that he, he was down to him. Anyway, that's just me. But okay. no, I, I, I was not... Uh, I mean, I've, I've, as I said earlier in the show, I've been an Arsenal fan since 1979. Um, and I think... The last uh, the the last few games of last season, and a few games of the the first part of this season, I've been the l- lowest I've felt as an Arsenal fan, and that's genuine. And and we've been through some lows. Let's face it, we've discussed mm. a few tonight, mm. and there were some terrible l- capitulations under Arsene Wenger at the end of the season, where we were in excellent positions with ten games to go, and um, due to one thing or another, we just fell away, and and we lost a few leagues that we should have won but mm. I've never felt as depressed as I did at the end of last season when we had it in our hands to finish third with just a couple of points that we needed and um, the capitulation in the league and then topped off with what we saw in the second half in Baku I don't think I could ever feel at that low as an Arsenal fan but I did mm. and, uh, well my, my song choices are not going to cheer you up <laughs> if I had to go, I, I was thinking about a few, so I thought about SOS by ABBA. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This, is not love, this is not a love song by Public Image Limited. <laughs> um, yeah. This Corrosion by Sisters of Mercy. Okay. Um, but I went with uh, Tainted Love by Soft Bell. Just like you, I felt a little bit at the end of my tether with uh with with what happened and uh you know i'm feeling uh i'm feeling happier now so i'm choosing to focus on that but i can't pretend that uh it didn't it didn't damage my um not damage is not wrong but i found it hard to enjoy what was going on i I couldn't i I just for the first time i just wasn't enjoying watching arsenal play at all i wasn't looking forward to the to to the matches coming up and i've never felt like that before ever look look at the body language of the players i don't think they were enjoying it as well and 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 that and that ultimately is ultimately is why it had to end so Yeah. yeah What's your choice, Adrian? Uh, it's <laughs> complicated by Avril Lavigne. <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's a good one, yeah. Because he just got himself into such a pickle. I, I think he, clearly in his own language, in his own native country, he's a smart cookie. You don't you don't become as successful as as Uno Emery has been without without knowing your football and, know, and knowing how to to use your tactical brain. But 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 here. With the communication issues, with the new league, with with players that needed a bit of convincing, I think to to get on board with with his philosophy, um, everything became too complicated. And I think his messages in press conferences were muddled as well, weren't they? And and, and, and yeah, I, I I couldn't really think of a of a of a better word to sum up what happened, and it just got worse and worse and worse and. By the end, look, I was in the the room, the press conference uh, at Emirates on the final press conference that he did this season, and and yeah, it, it, you knew there and then that that he, he, he was broken. Yeah, he was he, he was a broken he was a broken coach at that mm. point, and 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 the change had to be made. But yeah, so complicated, just peculiarly because I think that the players. They didn't understand what the message was, um, not just 
that game, but but in the previous few months, it had just got worse and worse. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to um, just quickly mention a few people that are, that are watching, putting comments on Mr. Arsenal podcast. Ryan, thank you for watching. Ryan from the Ars Brothers podcast as well. Stan the Man, he said his song for the Emery era would have been Stand and Deliver by Adam and the Ants. <laughs> uh, and Melvin Marks um, put a, a comment on, thank you for watching Melvin, saying that he was at that game, the Chelsea game that you mentioned, Adrian, as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. In 91, so... Yeah, sorry yeah. about that, Melvin. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> too soon, too soon to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I say uh, it could have been a number of songs from the Smiths, really. Yeah, they all want to slit your wrist, don't they? But yeah, heaven knows how many people now. Yeah, that's a good choice. It was decent. Um, so let's move on to. How are you feeling now? And um, I know we've got to do a bit of projection um, with this one, but um, the Emery era is gone. We've got the Arteta era. And let's have a song for what you're feeling about that and what it could potentially bring. Andrew, I'll go to you first. Um, I chose uh, George Michael, Faith. Because mm. uh, I just one. I just see, you know, I... I I'm sort of rejuvenated a little bit. I, I feel like I've the hangover is gone, and uh, <clears throat> I, I have a lot of faith in Mikel Arteta. Every time I hear him speak, I, 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 I'm impressed by what he says and how he says it. His messaging seems to be clear and direct, and he instills, I think, faith in the fans, and also it looks like he's he's got faith uh, in the players um, and vice versa. So um, it's early days, but so far so good so i'll go with that one yeah that's a great choice yeah yeah, yeah i thought about that one andrew so yeah oh, good. Great time, <laughs> i like What's it yours, Adrian? well I, I went with i went with uh i used to love oasis um so i'm going with roll with it because i think we have to roll with it as okay. as, as because it's going to be a, a bumpy ride uh, along the way we're going to have highs we're going to have lows We've got to have faith, as, as as George Michael once said. Um, and, and the song as well is is kind of about not letting anybody get in your way. Don't let anybody get in your way. Um, don't ever stand aside. Don't ever be denied. Be who you want to be if you're coming with me. And and, and that's what I feel with Arteta. I feel there's a real steely eye about him. And he knows he knows where he's, he wants to go to. And and he's laying down the challenge to the players. Are you coming with me? Because I, I, I know where we're headed. I believe that I have what it takes to, to take us to the very top again. Are you going to be distracted or are you going to come with me and, 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 and not let anything get in the way? And, and that effectively is what that what that song's all about. And, and, and as fans, I think we all just have to roll with it and, 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 and take one or two blows on the chin. But, but ultimately, I, I, I think we, we are heading in the right direction. I think finances are going to be an issue in the, in the short term and, and who we can get in. And, and that's the one big, that's the one challenge and the one thing we don't know about Arteta yet. How, how good is his eye? How, you know, what, what will be his picks in the, in the transfer market? Um, if he gets those right, I think his coaching ability and, and, and general winner's mindset will, will take us where we want to be. Mm. Very true, very true. And I, I did you see the phone call that Ian Wright had with him a day or two ago, which was up on YouTube? Um, he had with Arteta. 
No, I haven't seen it yet. I gotta, I gotta look it up. I saw a little clip of it today, but I haven't seen the whole thing yet. Oh, it's excellent, and every time you, he's infectious. The guy Arteta, I can't help um, mm. being very enthusiastic about him, and mm. he said that you know things like you should never have to um, talk players into staying at Arsenal mm. or joining Arsenal, and the way he talks about Arsenal. Just makes you so proud, you know. He's so proud about uh, being the manager, and it, it just comes out of out of him. His aura—it's it's, just—you mm. can just tell that he's telling the truth, you know. And the way he was discussing Arsenal with Ian Wright was just fantastic. Yeah, he's a great so, communicator. Yeah. Great communicator, is, and, yeah. and, and I think that's such an important ingredient for 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 a football manager, where you have to deal with different characters and also, you know, people from from different countries as well. So, mm. so yeah, I think his messages are. A super clear, aren't they? And mm. yeah, look, look, he's not perfect. He's, he's learning, isn't he? He's developing. Absolutely. Yeah, but but yeah, the exciting. It's potential journey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And exactly. my my song was "What What a Wonderful World" by Jerry Ramone. Mm. And uh, I mean, Jerry. I like the original. I love the original as well. But I love Jerry Ramone's version. It's fantastic. And um, my favorite, I think, my favorite tune. But. I see trees are green, red roses too. I can just start seeing nice things again. You know, <laughs> uh, the world feels wonderful again after going through. The there you go. Keep keep focusing nightmare. on Arteta. Stop thinking about Unai Emery. I have focusing on Mikel Arteta. Every time you have. think something bad about saw... Emery, just take out a picture of Mikel Arteta and look at it for five minutes. You'll feel better. I saw <laughs> this thing on Twitter today. If you bear with me one second, it was um, where was it? Um, it was it just summed everything up perfectly. Uh, it said it was actually a photo of um, a black sort of chalkboard outside a cafe, and it said, um, "Here we are. Fold your worries into paper planes and turn them into flying fucks." And I think that's what we've got. <laughs> that's what I've done with regards to the Unai Emery period. It's just gone, and um, okay, okay. I don't give a flying fuck anymore. Anyway, so yeah, it's. Uh, I think that summed it up perfectly for me. And um, the last thing to discuss, as I know we're, we're coming up to sort of a time where I'm sure you, <clears throat> you guys need to, so yeah, I've taken up a lot of your time already, but the film I chose was Never Ending Story for my uh, thoughts and how Arsenal are in my world because uh, it's, I think it's self-explanatory, really. I think I, it would always be with me until mm. my dying day. There's a... Uh, this part of my life, Arsenal, and they always will be. So, never ending story was an obvious choice for me, really. Mm -hmm. um, Adrian, did you come up with a? Well, I was a struggle. I got, got to be honest, I struggled. Look, it's it's been Arsenal been part of my life since I was ten. So mm -hmm. Steve Rowley spotted me um, at a five-a-side tournament in uh, in Colchester, um, coming up towards my eleventh birthday, and and yeah, it's sort of. Were you an Arsenal fan originally? Can no, I was, I, was, no I, was, I was brought up uh, in Suffolk. My dad is a Spurs fan, believe it or not. Oh, and uh, yeah, I was never, never drawn that way, thankfully. Um, I, was a I was a junior blue um, at, at Ipswich, sort of uh, followed them. and then. But then as soon as I went to my first Arsenal game, and I remember it, it was Arsenal Man United, 86, and uh, early George Graham, as I say, and, and I stood... Just to the right of the paddock, where the you know where the dugouts were, in a, it was a terrace back then. Mm. Stood there with my dad, and and yeah, I was 
yeah, just hooked on Arsenal from, from that moment onwards. Didn't want to play for anybody else. And, and I had opportunities to go to, to other teams along along the way. Um particularly at one point, yeah, where there was some sort of lucrative or tempting contracts on offer from other teams who were guaranteeing me basically long-term deals. Um, But but no, it wasn't for me and I I wanted to take my chances on Arsenal. But yeah, I mean, film-wise, I struggled. Uh, The one that springs to mind for me personally, and it's not to do with how I feel, uh, what it it means to me, it's what's happened to me. And it's back to the future because I... Mm. I started yeah, off as a player. Game. I started yeah. off as a player. And then I left Arsenal. It was heartbreaking. I was gutted. It was the right thing. It was, I wasn't quite good enough, ultimately, to play for, for Wenger's team. They, they'd kicked on and they, they signed Overmars in my place. Absolutely no complaints <laughs> um, about that decision. So, so, so that was that. But, it was, you know, it was upsetting and maybe something I, I struggled to get over because I did have regrets because I, I felt like I was a good pro and I lived life properly, but I didn't necessarily go the extra mile. I didn't, I didn't you know, do the extra training that, that you hear about Beckham and the guys at Manchester United were doing at the time. So there were things, could I have done more? Um, and, and I thought that was it. But then, you know, I became a journalist and then the club reached out and they'd heard what I was doing and reached out to me and said, look, do you want to get get back involved and um, do some do some co-commentating at first? And and, and the journey over the last, I guess it's probably, I'd say it's nine years since since I started doing co- co-commentaries. Actually, longer than that. It's been yeah, 10, or, yeah, yeah. I think 10 or 12 years, actually, mm. um, since, since I started doing commentaries. Um, and 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 it grew, it, it's, it grew, and then you know I've been presenting. I do the analysis and whatnot, and I just love being part of the club again and and and, and walking through the, the doors. Life, really, aren't you? Well, you've been working with Arsenal and, and yeah, well, it's, it's different because I don't really have anything to do with the players or the, or the you know the staff. Mm-hmm. I don't go to the training ground. I sort of work work alone, but 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 my work gets put out there for, for you guys, for the, for the supporters. And, and it, and I just take so much pleasure from it. I have to say, I enjoy this as much as I did playing in a way. I'd really do. Yeah. I really do because it's something that I'm passionate about and, 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 uh, you know, I, it, it's going okay. And uh, I think as a player, I was always um, not nervous because I was quite, quite relaxed, but I was always on edge because you knew, that you were always on trial. It's a high pressure environment. And I don't know how much I, I let myself enjoy it at the time, but now watching football, talking about football, analyzing football, I just enjoy it. Um, so yeah. I, you're, I, not, you're, you're not having to prove yourself week in, week out. Cause you know, you know what you're doing every week is good stuff and people enjoy it. So well, you're only as good as your last breakdown, Andrew, you know what oh, I mean? Well, listen, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> People will be quick to let you know if you if you make a mess of one. Don't worry. But I think I, I'm just trying to say I think they're good. So yeah, uh, thanks, mate. Quick, quick question. I mean, if your career was to end right now, um, mm. and you were uh, had to sort of what the first sort of few real highlights that would sort of immediately spring up, spring to mind as the the real great highlights of what you've done. Um, you know, so, it was it, or afterwards. I mean, what would what would really spring to mind? Oh, oh I don't know. It's, 
I think just making it, mate. Well, I think making it into the first team is such a long journey and you have to oh, see off yeah. so many great players, so many talented yeah. players. You have to fight and scrap and, and there, you know, there is blood, sweat and tears that, to get to that point. And yeah, I was 20, I think, when I made my debut, but I came on for, for Alan Smith. It wasn't great because we, we lost the game oh, against QPR. I'll stop you just one second. Mm. I'm just going to quickly ask Andrew. Uh, we'll go, Andrew, do you know... Uh, the significance, and I hope this is true, I really do. Do you know the significance of Adrian's debut for Arsenal? No. Because I didn't until recently. Okay. It's, uh, it's a mad one. Well, it's a John, John Jensen game, wasn't it? It was yes, a game it was John, Jeff, John Jensen's goal. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so John Jensen's long-awaited goal. And that was uh, Adrian's yeah. debut. Yeah, it was, it was my debut. I came off the bench and, and to be honest, I think QPR scored when I came on. and So it wasn't great. Like, I played all right. It was fine. But we lost the game. But yeah, it was remembered for that. And I afterwards, yeah, I bought... I was there. I bought, I've got the, I bought, uh, T-shirt. Yeah, I bought... Um, uh, the market stores around Highbury were selling the... I was there yeah, and Jensen they were. T-shirt. For weeks. Yeah, and I bought I bought one and got it to sign it. I got it oh, somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> so I should probably stick that on eBay at some point. But the, yeah, um, great, yeah. the um, but yeah, that but my full my full debut and the one I choose to remember personally was actually just just shy of a year later, um, Boxing Day against QPR, um, twelve noon kickoff. We beat QPR three 0 and and it was just it was a dream debut. It was oh, wow. uh, like we won the game, but I had a good match and. And afterwards, you know, if you, yeah, it was one. I was one of the men of the match. I don't know if I was man of the match, but, but yeah, I had a good game, and it was, it just felt so, so exciting. So yeah, no, I, I suppose that. I mean, it's hard to, hard to really top that. I mean, in terms of what I do now, that I think the breakdown is is the thing that 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 I'm most proud of because it 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 is hard work. Putting it together isn't quick or easy, but but. I take pride in making it the best it can be. So, uh, and and what the, the reason I love it and the reason I feel proud is that the feedback again, you know what social media is like, it can be brutal, can't it? And you can get some really hor- horrible people and messages. But I've had so many amazing messages, positive messages from fans, win, lose or draw, people telling me that they've enjoyed it and learned stuff and, and they appreciate it. So, so yeah, doing the breakdown is, is a, joy for me and yeah um so yeah that's 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 a highlight well i would uh i'd love to get the opportunity to get you back on one day and just sort of go really a bit more into that that'd be really fascinating i'd I'd be uh, really interested in doing that if if you consider it Andrew, um, i know you've got to go in a second um so what did you come up with the film before yeah i i went for rocky Kind of oh, yes. the underdog who doesn't quite make it, then makes it, then it doesn't quite happen for him, and That's then really uh, uh, I think it kind of symbolizes, and even the title, you know, it can be great, but it can also be a bit rocky. So I, I, I did like Adrian. I struggled to to think of one, but uh, I reckon that would be it. I was trying to figure out how I could make Hot Shots Part Two fit to art. <laughs> I, I, I love that film. So do I. It's brilliant. Oh, fantastic. I love that. And, and Airplane and uh, yeah, all those. Top Secret as well. Do you like, have you seen yeah, yeah. Top Secret? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, love those. He goes, hey, you dropped, you dropped your fake dog turd. He goes, I don't sell a fake dog turd. If you've got time, Quickly, Andrew, I'd like to ask you a very similar question. Um, doing the 
the the Ask blog as you've done for so many years now, and uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. And I mean, I, I love mm. the, uh, what you do. And what would you say as a sort of great big moments that doing the Ask blog has brought you in in, in your life? What would, you, what would you put as your highlights? I think the fact that, uh, um, you know, connecting with Arsenal fans around the world and also sort of creating a community where where people know each other online, they know each other offline, they come together to watch games. And, you know, over the years we've had uh, births and marriages. And unfortunately, a few people have gone before their time as well. But that's, I think, what happens when you do something for as long as I, I've done it. But I just think making the connection with 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 Arsenal fans wherever they are in the world I think we we've got an amazing fan base everywhere um and the game has gone global and and to be able to give people stuff that they want to read and want to listen to and and everything else uh, to me is fantastic like if you could if you told me 20 years ago that my job would be writing and talking about Arsenal. I would have said, you were crazy. How could that possibly be the oh, case? Yeah. But it is. And, um, you know, th that in itself is the highlight for me, I think. Well, yeah. Uh, you're living and and meeting you two guys, of course. <laughs> I mean, I, I genuinely, and I'm not, I'm certainly not uh, blowing smoke up your ass cast, but I, I, you know, what you've been doing is fantastic, Andrew. I really enjoy it. Especially during this period, You've been doing an incredible job, you know, putting together the, the blog and every day and, and the ask cast and coming up with things without football. And I think you've just been doing a genius job. So, yeah. you know, yeah, well, well done, you. Andrew. I'll let you into a little secret as well. I don't, I don't often sort of look at player ratings and things like that, but sometimes I won't have been able to see the match at the time if I'm not working or working on mm. a different game and whatnot. And if I'm looking for player ratings, I'll come to you, Andrew. I'll go to I'll go to Ask Blog. So there you go, there you go. If I want to know what happened, how many trade secrets there? <laughs> well, as I said, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure. It's been an absolute highlight for me. And um, I, yeah, thank you ever so much. I know that you've got you've got to go, but you're welcome. All the very best to you, and keep up the good work, Andrew. Thanks a million. Yeah, good to thanks. Talk to you. Take care. Thanks a lot, guys. Nice one. Right. Thank you. And Adrian, if you do get the chance to come back on again soon, I would love to sort of go well, a bit more into detail about your how you actually come up come up with these uh, breakdowns. I th I'll find it fascinating. Yeah, well, when we're allowed to, seeing as we live about a mile apart, I'll have to come over. We're going to have it over a beer, can't we? Maybe yeah. we do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we're, we're allowed well to do that. And <laughs> That'd be fantastic. All right. Take care, you guys, and thanks ever so much again. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about From Dar Square to Where. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dar Square to Where YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye! Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course.
unbelievable. We didn't expect that. Awesome fingers. Right.